raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time. There is new polling out, and it is not good for Donald Trump. 93 WIBC. It is the Kendall and Casey show. I'm Rob Kev's here. Our old pal, Brad Kloppenstein Stein. Rob, Kevin, great to see you. In for Casey today. And a new poll out that seems to indicate that the damage may finally be being done in terms of the indictments, the never ending investigations, et cetera, to Donald Trump. Now, we always clarify. Polling is but a snapshot of a moment in time, and generally, polling in July, a year and a half ahead of a presidential election, is just for our and the audience entertainment. But at least if you take this poll on its face, and it's Monmouth, it's not, uh, you know... It's It's not Robin Brad's Saturday afternoon over cocktails poll? I, I mean, it is a somewhat legitimate polling organization, Monmouth University, shows that Joe Biden would have a commanding lead over Donald Trump, 47% to 40%. Now, national polls don't matter. It is the state by state is all that when the votes are cast. However, it this poll does seem to indicate what we have been trying to say, Brad, for about a half a year now, which is Donald Trump is a mortally flawed candidate who will have great trouble getting across the finish line because while he is beloved, and I do not dispute this, he is beloved by a big portion of the Republican Party and the Republican Party base, he has thus far been unable to capture undecideds and moderate voters that are necessary in swing states in order to win, and it doesn't appear to be changing in his favor. Well, I would venture to say that there are only three undecided people on Donald Trump in the entire country. So, so yes, yeah, so those three are not going to sway the election. Well, this and this is the problem, right? And it is, in, again, in no way to say that Donald Trump does not have a just totally hardcore group of people who love him, who are inspired by him, who will follow him to the ends of the earth and off a cliff and whatever else. I do not in any way dispute that. The challenge that I have made to those people, and I am yet to see a single solitary person tell me, provide an answer to this. How does, that is not enough people to win a presidential election, right? No. The, 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 you know, winning 70% of the Republican party or 70% of the Republican base not enough to win. And every election, there are a group of people, as silly as I may think it is, who change their mind on politics as often as they change their underwear. And we have seen them in these swing states. A great example is Georgia. The governor of Georgia, Brian Kemp, who is, by all policy measures, what I think we would call a modern-day conservative. Now, is he a far-right person? No. But he is at least governed mostly as a as a conservative or traditional Republican or whatever, overwhelmingly wins re-election against the left's darling Stacey Abrams. Yet in that same election, Herschel Walker is unable to get across, across the finish line against another left radical, Raphael Warnock. And so the difference here is one guy pushed back on Trump, showed an independent streak against Trump. The other guy was largely subservient to Trump. One guy wins, the other guy doesn't. 
I don't know. I mean, I think it's kind of hard to say, well, it's voter fraud when Republicans are winning these other races. I mean, Las Vegas, uh, Nevada, another great example. Lombardo wins. The Senate candidate doesn't win. I mean, what are we to believe that voter fraud is in full effect on like just the Senate race, not the governor's race? <laughs> exactly. I mean, it, it, look, there, there are there are serious flaws in the voting in places like Pennsylvania. Mass mail-in unaccountable voting makes it very likely that voter fraud and manipulation will be taking place. But it makes it harder to win no matter where you're at when you have a candidate with high levels of unlikability, which Donald Trump clearly does. Yeah, he, he has not done anything to be conciliatory since the last election. And if anything, he's thrown tantrum after tantrum. So, yes, he probably can win the Republican nomination, but there is no way that anybody could conceivably believe that he would win the general election this time around because he's done nothing to bring people over to his side. If anything, he has managed to alienate people who are supporters of his in 2020. It's it, And it's very easy to say stolen election. And again, I want to preface by saying, because this always angers people, yes, in places like Pennsylvania and with, with the mass mail and unaccountable, unaccountable balloting, there are serious issues that exist and there is probably a lot of voter fraud that takes place. However... It, that does not account. It is not a national conspiracy, right? You cannot explain that in Georgia because Georgia does not have that. Georgia has Republicans winning. It doesn't explain Ohio, where the governor there, who is a Republican, wins overwhelmingly. And while J.D. Vance, the Trump-endorsed candidate, does win, it is markedly lower than Donald Trump than 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 DeWine, right? The right. Trump-endorsed candidates across the board in 2022 did not do as well as the uh, tr- candidates who were not affiliated with Trump. I mean, you can't you can't say that's voter fraud in these states where Republicans are winning. Right. You might not always like the results. Sometimes the results are the results and your candidate lost. And Trump's if tr- if if Trump actually wants to win the election, which I'm not sure how much he actually cares about that at this point. No. I'm not sure. Spite. I mean, we've talked about, "Hey, look, if you were actually Donald if you were Donald Trump and you were actually serious, about winning what you believe was stolen from you. There were a million different ways you could have done that and presented yourself as the white knight riding in to save the country because Joe Biden has done a phenomenal job of destroying this country and ripping this country apart. (laughs) The door is wide open for sure. And all you would have had to do, and it was so easy if you actually wanted to win, just go away. Just go away, just disappear, just you know, go have fun for a couple of years, and then you reemerge. After the midterms, where if you hadn't gotten involved, you probably would have the Senate in addition to the House and say, look, I've learned my lesson. I I, I still believe the election didn't go the way we wanted, but I've learned my lesson and I'm here to listen. And I love this country more than anything. And we can't have four more years of Biden. So let's get together and let's go. Let me ask you, Rob, could Trump be kingmaker and throw his support behind another Republican candidate who would have a chance or will he soil any candidate that he gets behind? Well, I think that it's abs. Yeah, I think you're you're not talking in terms of the presidency, right? You're talking like well, a, a nomination. But I, what what I'm saying is no matter who Trump endorses, will that then soil that candidate for the general election? I, oh, yes. So you're talking like down ballot, like yes. Senate governors, whatever. Well, it, even if, if say, let's say Trump endorses another Republican candidate for president, he says, all right, I, I understand. I don't think I can win however i'm going to get behind chris christie yeah no i think i think so it's just like dating right 
once you have a high level of negativity amongst the person you are in a relationship with, it is very hard to unnegative that negativity, right? It doesn't make it correct. It doesn't mean the person is of sound mind or they're properly processing or that you shouldn't be able to redeem yourself. But there's, it's very hard once someone has formed an opinion to unform that opinion. And in the bizarre, wacky world in which we live, people would rather be in their feels about how they vote rather than actually having someone who would be better for the country. And that is insane. That is psychotic. That is ridiculous. I'm not in any way approving that, Brad. But the reality is, and you know them, and I know them, and Kev knows them, there are people who would vote Republican across the board. They would vote for Ron DeSantis. They would vote for Tim Scott. They would vote for Vivek Ramaswamy. They might not vote for Mike Pence because he is a complete zero. But just about any other Republican candidate who are conservatives, who are more conservative than Donald Trump, who are more reliably conservative than Donald Trump, they would vote for any of those people but not him. It doesn't make it right. It doesn't make it normal. It doesn't make it something I approve of. It just makes it something that is, and poll after poll after poll is showing this, and a bunch of people just go, no. It's true. All right. Speaking of which, so I thought this was super interesting. Trump was on a podcast yesterday, and he goes on to like some of the weirdest shows. Like, have you invited him back since your, <laughs> your brush with fame, however many years ago that was? I, what what he was he just like it's very weird the shows that he will pop up on and it's not ones that you would say oh my gosh yeah totally right like you would expect if Donald Trump were going to do a podcast it would be Joe Rogan like Trump is good uh, okay I see that he's got a gajillion listeners blah 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 he somehow ended up on I oh okay he did it because it's Iowa the Simon Conway show okay that that makes sense I was trying to figure out like why would he be on the Simon Conway show now the more I dig into this that's it, it's in Iowa and so. He got asked, there was a fill-in host by the name of Doug Wagner. So it wasn't even Simon it Conway. Wasn't even, <laughs> can you imagine? Hey, Simon Conway, Trump's going to be on your show. I'm going to be busy that day. Let Doug Wagner take it. Um, he got asked, which this is weird, and I have not heard that this is being pondered, but maybe it is. He got asked what would happen if Jack Smith were to try to put him in jail, like keep him in jail before his trial started, either, you know, related to January 6th, if there's new charges there, trying to say he violated the terms of his bail in the in the documents case. He was asked what would happen if he were to be put in jail before one of his trials, and I thought the answer was fascinating. Go. Second thing, if that something like that does happen, what do you say to the, again, the millions of Americans who are very passionately supporting you who may be provoked by something like they that? They are never leaving us because they want to make America great again. They're with us. They have a passion like nobody's ever had. We've never had anything like it. Uh, I just see a poll in Iowa where we're leading by a lot. We're leading in New Hampshire by a lot. We're leading overall by record-type numbers. We're beating the Republicans by 30, 40 points, 50 points even. Uh, we're beating... Uh, Biden by a lot. Now, if I wasn't, if I wasn't running, then you wouldn't even have any of these questions mm -hmm. because you wouldn't be asking. They're trying to cheat on an election by doing this. It's election interference. Is it something that concerns you? And this is the last time I'm going to address this because I want to move on to something that's more uh, related to the issues of the election. Is it something that concerns you of, of you know, of the people making sure that they don't go out of their right mind if something like that happens. Because I know what I'm thinking of could happen if, that, for example, they do 
say Jack Smith says, okay, I'm going to put Donald Trump in jail. I think it's a very dangerous thing to mm -hmm. even talk about okay. uh, because we do have a tremendously passionate group of voters. And I mean, maybe, you know, maybe 100, 150. I've never seen anything like it. Mm -hmm. Much more passion than they had in 2020 and much more passion than they had in 2016. I think uh, it would be very dangerous. I, I've never even heard nobody's even suggested right. this except you. Right. And, well, and I did and Julie did. So... I think what he's alluding to, and he's right, they are they are screwing Trump. Whether you like Trump, hate Trump, whatever, what they are doing to him is ridiculous in terms of the weaponization of the Justice Department in this country, law enforcement in this country, to stop this guy. It is working, though. Look at the poll. It is working. Other than the base of Trump, people do not like Trump. It is working, and it seems like they're trying to goad Trump supporters into another January 6th or whatever. I don't know that they're trying to goad them into that, but that might end up being the result. All right, let's take a break. When we come back, Brad, you are a voter in Marion County, correct? I am. You are. A, you will get to vote on the mayor of Indianapolis. I will, and other mayors as well. And you have no vested interest in the outcome because you are a libertarian, so we will not get a Democrat spin. We will not get a Republican spin. We will get the Kloppensteinstein spin on the Jefferson Shreve gun I don't know. Is fiasco the right word? I don't know. Whatever it is, we'll get we'll get a fair take on it. It's coming up next. Kendall Casey Show. Brad Kloppenstein in for Casey. 93 WIBC. Raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. to be the next mayor of Indianapolis is a complete crap show, and we'll get into that here in just a moment. But first, some good news for the city of Indianapolis. Our airport, the Indianapolis International Airport, remains one of the greatest, not just in the country, but in the world, according to the Inside Indiana Business. The Indy Airport was ranked second among Travel Magazine's top 10 favorite domestic airport list, coming in only behind Manchester Boston Regional Airport. Now, Brad, as you know, this is of absolutely no consequence to me because I do not fly. I mean, once, maybe every five years, I could be strong-armed into getting on an airplane. That's, that's how often you get kidnapped. <laughs> but um, you, my friend, are a world traveler, and uh, I'm going to need for you to explain this to me. I've never understood this. To me... And again, I say this to from a totally naive perspective. Isn't the most important thing actually the airplane itself? Not, like if, like well, if sort you, of. There's you, you can have the nicest 
facility in the world to sit there. But what really matters is that we get to our destination, which is point A to point B. That's what the thing is all about. It's actually flying. But everybody is all hung up on the airport itself. Explain this to me. Um, It's kind of like dating, Rob. The plane is the personality. The airport is the... Wow, that's awfully attractive. Oh. So... One of these days after this show, you and I are going to go out there and just have lunch. Oh. So you can experience it without ha- having to go anywhere. You can see all the little tubes taking off with, full of people in there. It sounds expensive to have lunch at the airport. It might be a smidge. But <laughs> I know you're cheap, Rob. I t- I'll pick up your parking. What How about you, that? What are you wearing today, by the way? You can see this on the YouTube chat. You are wearing a jacket that would totally fit you. It is a it is a neon-colored uh, pink flamingo. What in the world is that? It is perfect for radio, Rob. (laughs) You can head over to YouTube. If you just put Kendall and Casey in your search bar, you can see exactly what Brad is wearing. All right. So, uh, look, the last time I I did fly last year, uh, I did wilt and go to Las Vegas. I will say, again, that the condition of the Indy Airport was markedly better than the condition of the Las Vegas airport. Yes. That that is some of the things that you look for. You space to spread out. Are uh, there long lines? Are they able to efficiently process you through security? Do you have lots of amenities as far as restaurants and gift shops and places to buy toiletries and other little doodads? Okay, uh, but how does this help me? Because largely an airport is people going it, places. It's people a- have anxiety, much like you, but you are an extreme example of the anxiety people have when they fly, but they want to be relaxed. And if you huddle them in together yeah. and it's tight corridors, that anxiety level goes up. But so this ha- keeps but- anxiety down. It makes you enjoy yourself while while you're there. But I don't understand how this helps me because, look, you say, hey, we're going to have a convention center. and We want to have conventions and it'll bring tax money and blah, blah, blah. OK, I get that argument. I don't understand because all the airport is is people going places, right? You're moving away from the it city is, to spend your money. It is a first impression for people who are coming into Indianapolis. Oh. So they land, and they get off the plane, and they're like, wow, what a nice, big, spacious concourse you have, and there's an old Indy car, and there's a welcome to Indianapolis. Yeah. And it is putting your best foot forward for out-of-towners, as well as making people just feel a sense of pride about where they live and feel good about the process of traveling. It's just like, you know what? We've been through this before. Here is my thing with flying, right? And I get it's because I'm a neurotic control freak, okay? And I've gotten better at this as I've gotten older. However, I am totally, look, I understand when I am in the automobile that it is statistically more risky, especially given the little golf cart that I drive, than being on an airplane. However, I have control over the car. I feel like maybe there is some way I could maneuver away from danger. Uh, We've used the example. If the check engine light comes on on the automobile, I just pull over to the nearest exit. I call AAA. If there is a need, they take care of it. Uh, Look, is it inconvenient? Yes, absolutely. But it is not death. When I'm on an airplane, all of those things I cede control 
to someone else, or in some cases, it is beyond my control. Brother, I feel you. I won't fly. If I can drive somewhere in 10 hours, I will drive as opposed to fly because I can leave when I want to leave. I don't have to worry about parking. I can, I take my truck so I can pack what I want to pack. Um, ultimately, it ends up probably being cheaper. Right? Like you say, if I'm hungry, I pull over. If I have to go to the bathroom, I can pull over. I can stop whenever I want. If there's something interesting on the roadside, I can stop and see it. All those things I get. However, there are people who fly for business or you're flying a much further distance and it makes for a much more pleasurable experience. And in this instance, I think it's also far more efficient for getting a passenger from the ticketing gate or where the ticketing counter to the airplane in a, a very rapid manner. I mean, there's some airports you go out to New York and you can wait in security for an hour, hour and a half. Vegas, if they when they're real busy, you can have long lines. Indianapolis does not have those things, and largely it's because they planned ahead for it. All right. When we come back, we're gonna get into we're gonna get a fair, balanced I dislike everyone approach on the mayor's race and the Shreve public safety proposal. But, Brad, before we go to a break, you know the number one reason you should drive instead of fly? No. Tell me, Rob. You have a radio in your car, and having a radio in your car means you can hear Kurt Darling do the news, which is coming up next. It's the Kendall and Casey Show on 93 WIBC. The Indy Mayor's Race is the race that keeps giving, and we're not even to August. And, boy, I, uh, I didn't see it being that brad i thought well you know hog said he's not much of a dynamic personality you know jefferson shreve he's a nice guy but he's not exactly gonna light the world on fire you know you're looking around saying okay this may not be that interesting of a race to cover and we aren't even to august and it's one of the most prevalent things that we are talking about on all of the shows on this radio station well, yes, and it's because Hogsett and the City County Council gave a gift similar, similar to Bart Peterson raising property taxes back 20 years ago or whatever that was. When they came out with their, they spent all that time on their ridiculous gun ordinance that means nothing and can go nowhere because it's a violation of the Constitution and Indiana law, but yet they prated that out, which opens the door wide for Jefferson Shreve to say, this is why these people should not be in charge. They don't know how to govern. Um, This is ridiculous. They're trying to violate your rights and trample all over the Constitution. But instead, he says, yeah, I think they're on to something. So, by the way, Brad uh, Kloppenstein filling in for Casey today. Kevin's here. And so, obviously, again, if you've been hiding under a rock, just very quickly, just a recap of what we're talking about. So, Joe Hogsett came out several weeks ago and had an air quote plan for gun violence. And it is totally illegal. It's totally unconstitutional. The city council acknowledged that when they voted for it. It was totally virtue signaling and pandering. And the plan consisted basically of raising the age to 21 to buy a firearm in Marion County, uh, banning assault weapons, whatever that is. Every weapon is an assault weapon. The purpose of a weapon is to assault something. And uh, the other one, there was a third part of the uh, the component that was equally uh, ridiculous. Oh, could they get rid of the the permitless carry. So I right. mean, there were three tenants to, to the plan. It was ridiculous. And everybody saw it as ridiculous. And pandering. And pandering. 
And Jefferson Shreve then came out, the Republican, came out with his own public safety plan, of which the rest of it is pretty darn good, but nobody's talking about the rest of it because he said, yeah, that Hogshead plan on guns, that seems pretty good to me. And the difference between me and Hogshead is I've got the relationships in the statehouse because I'm a Republican to get this thing through. Here's the problem that I see, Rob, and this is just Brad Kloffenstein talking here. What you do... Obviously, Republicans tend to be big supporters of the Second Amendment and the the right to bear arms. When you say that you kind of support the hogset plan of restricting gun access, you take people who would otherwise be very adamant, ardent supporters of yours, and suddenly they stop talking about you because they stop believing in you. Let's get to that in a second, because that's a great point. And you are the perfect person to have this discussion with because many people may not, many people will know, but there may be some who don't. You are uh, Mr. Libertarian Man. You were the. I guess that's that's kind of my background. I want the government to keep their hands out of my pockets and eyes out of my bedroom and otherwise leave me alone. You were the 2012 Libertarian nominee for Lieutenant Governor. However, you're not so Libertarian. You're not the only I only vote for Libertarian guy. You cross over. You find other people. If there's no Libertarians running, you are a person who was up, as we like to say, up for grabs in the mayoral election. Correct. I am a pragmatist and I believe in working with all parties in order to make for a better city better state all right so and there is no is there there is no libertarian there is no libertarian on the ballot okay so again perfect you are totally up for grabs guy i am curious if shreve's plan because what's interesting about the thing to me is shreve not only proposed this thing on guns which is totally unconstitutional in the case of the quote air quotes assault weapons ban but illegal on the other two, which is the getting rid of permalist carry and raising the fi- age of the f- firearms to 21. But he is running it in ads now. I saw a television ad yesterday where he is showcasing this. He wrote the piece in Indie Star, the op-ed in Indie Star, where he is showcasing it. So it's not like something where I put out there, oh, I just kind of did that to pander, and once I get it you know, in there, of course, we're all going to forget about it, blah, blah, blah. He wants people to know, no, I want to do all of these things, which kind of seems like... He's not only proposing it, which is going to honk off conservatives and Republican voters. He's now rubbing people's face in it and going, look at this, look at this, look at this. All I can figure is for a Republican to win Marion County and and win a a countywide office like mayor, you have to be a moderate. I mean, just the numbers are it's 60, 40 at best for the Republicans, 60 Democrat, 40 Republican. So you've got to get some of those Democrats to cross over. So you need to be a moderate. And, you know, some of that. I understand that he needs to reach out, but he needs to hammer home the public safety director. We need to raise our expectations. We need to have safe streets. But the gun plan. But there's a but there's a difference between get. being okay. You you and I fully acknowledge what you're saying. You're absolutely correct. Donald Trump is not going to win Marion County, right? right? Okay, we agree with that. Everybody agrees with that. Everybody knows that. But there is a difference between being a moderate and just proposing things that are blatantly illegal and unconstitutional, and you're doing it for virtue signaling and and pandering. And I think that's what's making people like Jason Hammer irate, is it's not that you're moderate, it's that you're doing something that you know will never become law. It will never be upheld, and that is making you, in many ways, as unserious of a candidate as Joe Hogshead is. All I can figure is Hogshead is already running ads that are showcasing Jefferson Shreve's old ads from, I think, 2016 where he said he was you know, a strong supporter of the Second Amendment. And I think 
that uh, the Hogset was planning on hanging him on that, and Shreve's like, "Oh, we need to, you know, we need to to do our do our best to kind of moderate this." But I don't think this is the way to go about it. Okay, so Hammer claims he's basically donezo. Shreve is going to come on Wednesday, and and we are going to let him say his piece. You know, we I view comment. I've always viewed commentary and interviewing different, and I handle it different. When we, because I will get people all the time, they'll say, well, why didn't you rip this person in your interview the way you do in your commentary? When I'm doing an interview, I believe it's your story to tell. And I can accomplish many of the same things through asking the right questions, right? You are the guest on the show. Right. It's your story to tell. Now, my job is to ask the right questions and ask the hard questions. And then once you're done, I'm going to comment on what you said. If we ask the right questions, I believe we can get the answers necessary that will be far more beneficial than me having editorial commentary in the middle of the interview. Hammer claims he's out, and many conservatives say they're out on Shreve. Is there anything you, as the moderate, independent, whatever voter he's that's up for grabs that he would need to be the mayor of Indianapolis? You're very offended by this. I know, because you're a strong supporter of common sense and the Second Amendment. What can he say that would win you back into the fold? What can he say that you would say, okay, I don't agree with him on this, but I feel differently than I did a day ago. He needs to set the bar, set the standard, and have a vision. And he needs to say, you know what? The city of Indianapolis is sometimes the most responsible for blight in our community. We need to clean up our own house before we start pointing our fingers at others. But he needs to say, Indianapolis is going to be bright and shiny again, and here's how, and here's what we're not going to tolerate anymore, and then do it. But the problem that he has, and I alluded to this earlier, people who would otherwise have been strong supporters and talking to their neighbors about him, I think now are kind of like you and Hammer, where they're like, all right, I don't care anymore. I'm not going to talk about it. I might vote for the guy, but I'm not going to be a cheerleader like I I used to be. And he needs to bring those people back into the fold who are going to be his cheerleaders. Because it's very odd that he proposed the thing. And then, you know, you think given the backlash that he's had, on it from people he definitely needs in order to win that you would say well i'm just gonna focus on other things and hope people forget about that maybe the rest of my plans are so good then we won't mention it again i've thrown it out there i've checked that box whatever he's running tv ads on it yeah he wants you to know that he's proposing things that are unconstitutional and illegal in this state and that is i'm gonna be so fascinated to know why not only he had that in the plan itself and by the way we respect the fact that he's gonna come in I think he's coming in because not because they oh Rob Kendall's the greatest broadcaster ever, but they know that they've got to address this issue. But you not only propose the thing, now you're wanting people to see. You're making it very prevalent in your very valuable television ads that look at this, look at what I have proposed. Well, I'm sure he's trying to bring soft Democrats over, but at some point you're going to go so far that there's no difference between you and your Democrat opponent. So it's a very fine line that he has to tread. And for guys like you and I, he's probably gone too far. If you are a moderate Democrat, do they think he's gone too far? Maybe, maybe not. All right, let's take a break. When we come back, a music legend has passed away. There was a big hearing yesterday on censorship on Capitol Hill. Brad Kloppenstein in for Casey. It's Kennel Casey Show, 93 WIBC. Raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. 
Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Someday, when I'm awfully low, a music legend has passed away. 93 WIBC. It is the Kendall and Casey show. I'm Rob Kevs here. Casey's out again today. Brad Kloppenstein in for Casey. Tony Bennett uh, just coming down right at the start of our show, passing away at the age of 96. And what an amazing life. There are people in America who do interesting things. And then there are people who live interesting lives. And Tony Bennett when you think about the fact that his career began after he served in World War II, right? I mean, it did not, not began. I mean, he was a singer before that, but certainly not on the level he became. It is incredible that a person could go from serving in the U.S. military where they risked you know, imminent death during World War II. I don't know if you know, Brad, World War II was kind of dangerous. It, it was. There's a few, <laughs> few people that got hurt. And then returned home to create one of the great, certainly in terms of longevity, singing careers in American history. What a life. Oh, yeah. Fabulous. And the fact that he was with us for 96 years is amazing. But yeah, his his music will live on for a long time. He, he was certainly somebody that appealed probably to more of our grandparents' generation. But um, I mean, we still know it today. He was just recently playing with Lady Gaga. I yeah. mean, that's how he started with the likes of Frank Sinatra and ended with Lady Gaga. That's how long his musical prowess lasted in mainstream American society. That's a 70-plus year career. Yeah. It's amazing. What are you going to be doing 70 years from now? Well, I hope I'll... uh, Well, 70 years from now, let's see, I'm almost 40, so if I am still doing anything 70 years from now, that will be a colossal success. Um, It got me thinking, because the other day we did a segment uh, on... Tony Kennett was in yesterday, and we did a segment about things that are going away. And what I meant, what we meant by that was our government here in the state of Indiana, local governments, state government are obsessed with taking farmland and fields and forests and plowing those bad boys down. I heard that segment. I, I agree. That's that's and putting big old buildings up. They now judge success based on how many bright, shiny objects go up into the sky. And without being old man who yells at clouds, we are seeing in in our world things that once were and defined us and made us great and made us happy and made us whole going away. And we see that, obviously, when we talked about that segment with the changing of the landscape here in Indiana, what it means to be a Hoosier, the identity of being a Hoosier. But you also see it when our great heroes pass away. And by all accounts, Tony Bennett was not only a phenomenal singer, he was a phenomenal guy. And he's kind of the last one, right? Like Frank Sinatra gone, Dean Martin gone. This is it, right? I mean, he was kind of the last one of that era, and now it is no more. It only lives in a memory. 
Time marches on, Rob. It's, so I don't yes. want it to, man. We, I, I just I, want it to stop. <laughs> you are going to be the old man who yells at clouds if you're not to, already. I just want it to stop, man. I just want I want great things to be the, the way that they always were or things that made people happy to be the, the way that they always were. And it just it just seems to, to not be happening every single day. Well, now that you're a father, you're going to have a child that's going to help keep you young for the next 20 plus years because you are going to have pop culture smack you in the face from the time they're about eight um, until 20 and beyond. Well, my kid will not have a cellular telephone, Brad. Uh, she yeah. will not have you, access you to say that unsupervised now. <laughs> internet. No, my kid will. My kid will assume that that Margaret Thatcher is still leading uh, the United Kingdom, and uh, that Reagan is president, and uh, that uh, Ghostbusters and uh, Care Bears and uh, uh, what was it? The Bernstein Bears. What was and- the Jim Carrey movie where they lived in a dome and he, the Truman Show? <laughs> so your child is going to live the Truman Show. Yeah, your daughter is going to be raised on Fogel. Yeah, that's right. Absolutely. <laughs> yes, Fogelberg. That's true. Bread wow. and Fogelberg. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> hey, real quick, I wanted to get to this. You sent me this yesterday. You are, we'll get let you get your mandatory uh, plug in here. You are Mr. Lawrence, right? I am. I run the Lawrence Chamber of Commerce. Hashtag why I love Lawrence. And there is some high drama going on in the city of Lawrence between the city council and the mayor, and they're in court against each other. What the heck is going on? Um, Lawrence has always had interesting politics, and so, Lawrence, we have a Republican mayor right now and a uh, solidly Democrat council, Uh and they don't particularly care for each other. So, um, a couple years ago, the mayor submitted a budget to the council, which our current mayor, uh, Steve Collier, every year since he's been in office, has had a fantastic budget. It's had a surplus. We've gotten new equipment for our fire departments. By all accounts puts together fabulous budgets. Right. He submits a budget, and over the years, he, over the first six years, he'd been building up quite a reserve, more than most cities would have, so he had a budget that spit down that reserve a little bit. Oh, wait, wait, you mean he didn't give it back to the taxpayers? You mean like he didn't like just give the money? Hey, we got that going on in Brownsburg right now, too, where you get excess money, and instead of giving it back, we just find bright... Ch- I'm sorry. I know this guy's your buddy, but that just makes me angry when I hear, we better spend down these reserves. Oh, here's an idea. Why don't you give it back to the people you took it from? So, Go ahead. I'm sorry. I uh, that, that's I, okay. I've that's ruined okay. many of your relationships with people over the years. I don't, I'm not sure the mayor is a fine man that just, you know how I am. It, that really makes me angry when I hear, we must spend this money down. So I don't know the ins and outs of it. I just know. So he submits a budget that that taps into some of that reserve to get it down to more of a traditional level. And the council says, nope, rejected. Oh. So so the mayor's office says, okay, I un- we understand. Tell us what you'd like to see changed. Well, then there was crickets from then oh. on. There was never a response from the council. So so never nothing more was ever said. So and it so this was like October, November yeah. of like twenty or 2021, I guess, when that budget was submitted. Fast forward like 10 months later. Yes. And the mayor is spending money on certain things, and the council's like, where is all this money coming from? <laughs> and, and they're like, well, it's it's part of the budget. They're like, we didn't approve a budget. And the mayor's office says, well, don't you know, in the state of Indiana, in the absence of an approved budget, we revert back to last year's budget. Ah. Okay, so I, I got to stop you real quick because when I got elected to local public office, I started looking into like what do I actually do 
here? Like, what is the actual, like, the things, like, I know the things I want to accomplish, but what is the statutorily mandated job of a town council person? And I, at the time, it was, and it's been many, many years, so it may have changed, I don't know, but there were only, like, three things you actually had to do by state statute. I had to, the power to create a town seal, hire and fire a town manager, and pass a budget! <laughs> Everything else, yeah. sideshow and shenanigans. And these clowns in Lawrence can't even do the one thing they're supposed to be doing. So, so, but so the state statute says, you know, because a, a municipality, once they approve a budget, then it gets submitted to the state and it gets filed. Right, that's correct. Well, the state statute says if you don't meet our statutory deadline, you automatically just revert back to the previous year's budget. <laughs> so apparently the Lawrence Council did not know any of this. So now <laughs> they are suing the mayor saying, you should have told us. And the mayor's like, you should have known. I love this. Look, I've said this for many, many years on this show, and I think everyone should get involved in local government in some capacity, whether as an elected official or a board and commission member or whatever. If you listen to this show or this station, because local government is run by some of the absolute dumbest people alive. And what I found when I was in there, and this is why I had to get out because I was going to die of a heart attack or a stroke before I turned 35 is not only are there just really low IQ people who often get involved in local government, they don't read anything. There's no, they don't read the documents. They certainly don't do anything more than a cursory glance. They have no idea what they're supposed to do. They have no idea what their obligations are. And this has just proved it once again. What? We're supposed to pass a budget? What if we don't? It reverts back to last year's budget. Well, someone should have told us this. Maybe you should have known what the job was. (laughs) They have a very highly paid attorney that seems to be a counselor de facto. You would have thought she would have told him. Well, isn't Brian, and I was, reading this article it was what is this the you are current website yeah that's the uh, the yeah the current I was, isn't brian bosma like the mayor's attorney he is <laughs> that's a name from a few years ago re-emerged. I, I just read this right i was just laughing hysterically because it is everything we have been trying to t- now often i talk about the uh men's a member uh in waiting very high iq no doubt ivy league road scholars that run the little community where i live in brownsburg but it is nice to see it happening somewhere else and it's nice to see a neutral well-respected person like you coming in and pointing out this is happening everywhere and this is why the country is in the shape it's in because nobody has any idea what they're doing and they're not either smart enough or curious enough to learn and if you think this is not happening in your community it is. <laughs> just love this so much, and I'm so glad it's happening to someone else other than where I live, because my gosh, there are stupid people everywhere running our society. Um, you have brought us something. What did I, you bring? I have. By the way, if you're listening, just tuning in, it's the Kendall and Casey Show. Brad Kloffenstein in for Casey today. Kev is here. And uh, for those of you who may not know, oh my gosh, yes, sir, thank you so much. Uh, Brad, uh, Brad, about... What was this? This must have been probably two years ago in earnest, entered into a new business venture. Is that right? Is that the time frame? So, two years ago, two and a half years ago, I acquired the trademark to an old Indiana beer brand called Alps Brown. Yeah. So, this was big in the 70s, right? It was big in the 60s and 70s. Yeah. And yeah, it wasn't brewed since 1978 when it went out of business. Yeah. So, I worked real hard for about two years and I finally found. 
Well, I had some brewers that were interested. They weren't big enough. I had others that weren't interested. How does that go? Do you just start calling random breweries? Hey, uh, I own this trademark. You interested in coming back? Actually, so two Toms, who's brewing this now, yeah. I met him at a beer festival. Oh. So talked to him a little bit, uh-huh. and it was almost a year later that he followed up and said, hey, I think I'm interested in doing this if you're still interested. So I got two Toms. They've got a location up on 96th Street. Yeah. Uh, just in front of the Menards, west of I-69, and then they brew up in Fort Wayne, which is great because this was originally brewed in Fort Wayne. But your beer is everywhere now, right? The Alps it's, Brow is it's not everywhere. everywhere oh, but I've seen about, it all over the place. We're about 30 Tabs? locations. Yeah, we're, that's everywhere. We're in Brownsburg, yes. yes. Where at in Brownsburg? Um, is Books it the and Brews. Books and Brews, perfect. Yes, I mean, I've, I've seen it on Tabs everywhere. Yeah, yes, what, Kev. What about Greenwood? Oh, all over Greenwood. So oh, yeah. Greenwood and Franklin. In fact, Johnson County is probably our largest market right now. Now, you brought us... A little cold Alps brow. I was actually wearing my Alps brow T-shirt yesterday. I dirtied it. I didn't think it through. I should have worn you, you it. Soiled today. Your Alps I wear it all the time. My wife will vouch for that. And uh, I would like to, if we can, real quick, because I know we got to get to a break. But yeah, I'd like to let's... just s- sample this on the air. Sure. Oh, that's wonderful. That's wonderful. Everybody should. Do you have a website where people can find out where they can get this? Alpsbrow.com. I'm going to spell that for people who may be from America. dot com. We're on Facebook, Twitter, all that good stuff. There's a beer finder on our website, so you can go to it, and it'll tell you where you can find it. Love it so much. Alpsbrow, Brad Kloppenstein. In for Casey. It's Kendall Casey Show, 93 WIBC. Raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time.